Hey there, everybody. A little quick housekeeping before we uh, get on to uh, this week's episode. Uh, an amendment to the top basketball players of the last decade rankings. I couldn't forget my guy TD, Terrence Davis from South Haven, the only pro I ever coached against. Didn't want him to feel slighted. Had a couple of folks reach out to me, uh, including some uh, some folks in the Terrence Davis camp. Wanted to give him a shout-out there. And also, uh, before we get too far, I want to let everybody know, all of our listeners, that they should uh, go to uh, Mississippi Magazine's website to the uh, 2020 Best of Mississippi Reader Poll and uh, vote for all our Tupelo folks. I know Adam Morgan uh, has a couple restaurants there and Pizza vs. Taco as well as Blue Canoe. So give the, the, the local folks some, some love and uh, enjoy this week episode of What's Happening. Scarberry from the uh, the show The Greatest American Hero. You know, you, <laughs> you hear that song in like commercials, movies, just little little blips here and there. But like I've ne- I don't know that I've ever listened to that full song. It's I, like a that song is like a trivia question. If it was like the music version of Stump the Schwab, that would be like the 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 question to Stump the Schwab. Speaking of that, I got some trivia for you later. Okay. But I, I will tell you this: I am guilty as charged about listening to that song on its standalone. Really? Yeah, I actually enjoy it. Uh, when I was in junior college, I was at the hit, the forefront of the whole Napster download stuff. Nice. Uh, a good friend of mine, Anthony Hitchcock from North Pontotoc, we used to uh, sing that song just randomly, and also from Seinfeld. And believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> you sing that song with all vowels. Yeah, like you could. It's like. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Cross, the guy who sings Sailing, would sing that song or something like that. Aaron <laughs> Neville could pull that off. Aaron Neville could pull achy, breaky heart off if he wanted to. For sure. Well, man, good to see you. What's been it's happening? It's so good to see you, man. A uh, lot. A lot. Tell me about it. Uh, I don't even remember the last time we got together, Brian. We got together right after the New Year, and we did- Right the, after the New yeah, Year, like, it seemed like. Yeah, like maybe the fifth or sixth, and we did the uh, the Best Stuff podcast. We kind of wrapped yeah. up last year. Yeah. You know what has happened since then, and and I don't think we need to tend to spend a ton of time on it because it's been like two, three weeks now. Is right. Mississippi State has a new football coach? That was about to say they literally hired him the day after the last. <laughs> I was going to say I was like, wait a minute, time out. Did we? Did Mike Leach? The the pirate has set sail. Yeah, tell me about it. What's your thoughts on it? You know, man, I was the I was the opposite of what it seemed like everybody else was like. I think state fans were really just relieved because they were like, okay, now we got somebody that it can at least go toe to toe with Lane Kiffin. Right. That's what everybody thought, but like, 
I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I, it's not that I'm not excited. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, let's let's do the Mike Leach thing. You know, why not? Let's let's throw the ball 55 times. Yeah. Uh, but after Which is exactly s- what you've done for your whole time. It's had great quarterbacks and wide receivers, and not really worried about defensive running games <laughs> in Starville, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was my shock value right. immediate. Which was like, yeah. so wait a minute, we're not gonna. Like grind out the clock Man, and try to stop Eric, people. I hope Eric Molds has a kid coming up. I mean, hope he has real. triplets. <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I like some stuff that he's done. Like in the past couple of weeks, you know, he, Trip Wilson from Tupelo is now going to Mississippi State to play. He was a Memphis baseball commit, and then he uh, he was going to walk on at Ole Miss with Coach Luke, and then they had that coaching change, and then State came in. And so I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's I, I hereby declare him now Flip Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Flip. <laughs> the <old> comedian. <laughs> I'm sure that's been circulating on sure. some kind of message board. If not, but, it should be. But no, dude, that uh, you know, and I, 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 I'm, I'm excited now, man. I, you know, it, more so than anything, I can. I think what you're looking at as a state fan now, and you can't. I mean, I guess you can quote me on this, but I think the ceiling just went up some on games you're not supposed to win. But I think that what comes with it, maybe a couple of losses, you're like, wow, you know, like. In other words, like I could see, how do we see, give up seventy two to Kentucky? Yeah, right, <laughs> and and only scored fifty four. I mean, we've been averaging fifty four. What is right. this? You know, like I could see those conversations. Like losing games that you can't stop anybody else. I think have to become the norm. But you also may win a game or two that somebody can't stop you. Like, For sure, I could see yeah. Mike Leach losing to like Kentucky next year, but like beating Auburn or upsetting LSU. Or, uh, yeah, you know upsetting I mean? LSU yeah. after a mass exodus. Yeah, kind of like, a perfect storm to get them next year, I think. Yeah, yeah somebody needs to. Somebody for real. Yeah. Man. But anyway. No, I'm I'm excited, man. I, re- I really I mean I I I'm a wait and see now. I think the Joe Moorhead experience taught us if anything let's let the guy do a little bit and then see what happens because now Mike Leach unlike Joe Moorhead Fortunately enough for him, gets a cleaner slate because he's not gifted an amazing football team. It's a good football team, but it's not one that's like right. stop traffic. This team's going to win ten. It's not a yeah. once in a decade defense out there. You know what I mean? Oh, I, right, it, exactly. I, um, this feels um, it feels good to have excitement back in the state on both accounts. Agree. And even though the the lane hire was a big hit, you know, there's been a little bit of tempered. Temperament now, you yeah. Because I mean? now you really got to work. A hundred percent. You got to recruit and you got to hit the road. Right. You got to build relationships and all that stuff is tough. But that's this is where the real the real business oh, yeah. goes down. Um, I will say one thing that bothered me a lot was after y'all hired Coach Leach, and I, I think it's a really good hire. I do. Um, I think it makes you relevant. I think so. And that's what you want to be. You want to be relevant. Yeah. If you're if you're not going to win win it all, you know if, and what I mean by that. If you're not going to be a, a ten or eleven win team vying for a national championship, be relevant. Yeah. You know what I mean. And this made us both relevant. That's right. Um, more so than we were. Uh, but what I what I like what well let me go back to what kind of grinds my gears um, when people were like oh man the Egg Bowl is going to be exciting now uh, yeah it I'm is, with you yeah it, it literally is like it. did you watch this past one <laughs> we both were <laughs> I mean, trash like, I mean and it was the talk of the nation for yeah. 24 hours so, yeah mean, now now if they want to say uh, man I'm excited for the back and forth and the friendly banter and Maybe a little bit less of an edge in the rivalry, a little bit less of a hatred, more of a yeah. uh, a um, friendly jabbing and a uh, mutual respect. And I'm all for that take because that's true. Yeah, yeah, but saying, no oh doubt. man, the egg bowl is going to be. Well, no, 
It was going to be fun anyway. It was, if you if you're the one saying that, you do understand that it does not matter who the head coach is. Yeah, we are the ones that make that that, that game talked about. Yeah, I mean, we could have <laughs> you know Neil Lyons from North Pontotoc back in 1997 <laughs> coaching against Butch Vesey. I mean, and it would still be a really fun game. I mean, that doesn't matter. But anyway, I'm excited about what's going to happen. And now uh, Egg Bowl Week is um from what I am excited about is it will be a national story now. Yes. You know what I mean? The quotes Agreed. will be there. Well, and you, speaking of national, you look at what both staffs have done since they've got here is they've been throwing out offers all over America, left and right, and been getting some kids. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not just a Mississippi thing now, you know, but, you know, it's it's the game's still on Thursday night, so it'll be exciting, but yeah. there's a lot to happen before <laughs> then, now, between now that one, one cool thing is both coaches have their own brand. Agreed. You know, I mean, you know, not literally, but they are their own brand. They're the pirate. Wherever and, they and, go, And they're the lane train, wherever That's they right. go. And so it's not like you're having to make your fan base get excited about Joe Moorhead or Matt Luke. These guys come in, and they are the excitement. Agree. Uh, the, the party don't start until they walk in. You know, they're right. those are the kind of guys, and yes. they're here. So it's, it's going to be fun. But um, that, that was one thing that's happened. And, um, you know, um, uh, another thing that's really, uh, I guess, a big deal that we probably need to touch on quickly um, and it's going to take up a little bit of a lump, a lump sum of the, uh, the the early portion of the, the podcast here. But uh, as we all know, uh, NBA legend, uh, sports and cultural icon, Kobe Bryant, and his uh, young daughter, Gigi, as well as uh, seven others uh, uh, passed away in a tragic helicopter accident uh, the other day outside of Calabasas. Or they were headed yeah, to Calabasas. Headed to Calabasas. Yeah, headed to Calabasas. Um, so... McKinley, before uh, before we kind of get into a little bit, this is about as serious as it gets, really. But until we dive more into a little bit more serious topic in this topic, tell me some thoughts on Kobe. Well, you know, just from a personal perspective, like you hate to see it because there've been a t- you, you think about this, there've been a ton of early early deaths amongst professional athletes yeah. over my lifetime, but none quite like. This one, this has got a, I mean, this has got a shock value of a Michael Jackson type of, you just, uh, you know, a guy that when he played for a long time was the very, very, very best in the game at what he did. And at certain times, I think, you know, what a lot of people considered the most recognizable athlete on the planet for somewhere in the 2000s. So, you know, I do think that it does speak volumes. You haven't heard anybody say anything yet like, and, and nobody's going to say, well, I'm happy it happened, obviously. But, like, you haven't heard anybody just be indifferent about it. Everybody's got the same overwhelming, like, you know, wow, like, man, this it yeah. sucks. And, like, I think, I mean, when I heard the news, it was, I mean, you know, I didn't stop what I was doing for an hour. But, like, I did I did continue to think about it for a little bit. I was like, man, that's, you know, that's, that's just too soon. Yeah. It's too soon way, for, Way too know. soon. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I – I hate to see it. I, I mean, I do, and and you know, I hope that I'm actually, and this is actually kind of a hopefully glass half full take on this is that I'm glad it is during it was during basketball season, so that the the correct homages are paid, and you right. know, like like you know, if this would have happened in mid July, I don't know that like every basketball player in America would be get you know that engaged the, with it in other the words the proper respects like you said are be able to be paid right you know so uh, but you know on the other end i mean I, I think that one thing that i think that i don't think that kobe would want is and of course obviously we don't know him personally we just see what we see on tv right 
uh, I don't know that he would want it to be this sensationalized. I mean, I think I think right now in heaven, he's probably looking down at people going, hey, man, y'all don't worry about me. You know, like, y- y- y'all shouldn't have to do all that. Go back right. to your lives and just be be great. You know, like, yeah. I think that's probably what he's thinking. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what do you think? Well, you know, I am deeply interested in basketball. It is, it is, it, I'll say this, uh, more so than women that I have known and family members that I have been around my entire life, uh, basketball has really always been there for me, you know, since as long as yeah. I can remember. Um, and the thing about Kobe is he's only 41. You know what I mean? He's really, yeah. he's really close to our age. I remember being a freshman, a young high schooler, and being at five-star basketball camp and everybody there talking about – Kobe wasn't there, but everybody talking about, is Kobe coming? Like, you know, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Is Kobe coming? You know what sure. I mean? Like, this guy's the number one player in the country. Is Kobe coming? Yeah. Kobe coming? And I remember when he came out, it was a big deal, you know, when he got drafted, I think, by the Hornets. Yeah. He got traded for Vladi Divac. I mean, right. like, and everybody – and the Laker fans were pissed. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but man, it worked out, right? I mean, he won did. Five, five rings – he is the he is the last and I and man this is a this is I hate to use this phrase now but this is kind of, he's the last of a dying breed he's he's the last tr- guy who yeah. competed and did not like you when you were out there he didn't hug you and say yeah. nice shot I mean he he said you can't guard me and, and that's in a good so many point. words you know he was the last of that mold everybody out everybody after him was a social media build my brand. Agree. Kobe's brand became bigger after Kobe was done. That's right. You know what I mean? Like when That's Kobe was a player, right. he was just a player. I remember there was a story. He's an animal. Yeah, oh man, he was fantastic. And um it's one thing when you're a really awesome talent and you can dominate. But like Shaq. Shaq a really awesome talent. He dominated. It's another thing when you are an awesome talent and you work harder than anybody else. There's no doubt, and that's what separates people. That's that that's what separates people. Um, and that's why Kobe is viewed as the greatest Laker. There's no doubt. And think about all the greatest Lakers of all time. Well, Kobe what a lot the, of people consider the greatest Laker came out and said it himself. Yeah, Magic Johnson yeah. said the you know yeah the greatest Laker of all time. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you some story a story about Kobe. Uh, it's funny how us being kind of the same age. I was a Michael guy. You know what I mean? Because Same. I was younger when Mike was was coming up, but Kobe's the second best two guard of all time, and it, I and I don't think it's I, and I really think it's Mike one, Kobe two, and a distant Dwayne Wade, very distant. Agree. You know what I mean? Very distant. Um, and then everybody else is even after that. Um, but I remember dating a girl in high school. You know, it was nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, and I remember watching them come back and beat the Trailblazers. And the real big comeback where he throws the lob to Shaq and Shaq oh, dunks it and yeah. stares at his hand and they're going nuts, you know. And and I remember, uh, I remember that was I, mean, I was in high school. And then I remember uh, being in college and dating a girl and another girl. And like the Lakers came to play the Grizzlies for the first time and we went, you know. And then I remember, you know, being having friends like my my guy Kyle Matkins and he's a big Laker fan. And he'd never seen Kobe play and we were living together in Takapola, and we went to the the Laker Grizzly game and it's the game Kobe ruptured his Achilles. He got hurt early in the game, walked yeah. up to the free throw line, knocked down two free throws, walked off the floor, kind of stood there for a minute and was like, well, heck, I'm hurt. And that was yeah. it. You know what I mean? And he, but he was not carried off. He wasn't screaming. Didn't make a big deal about it. And then, uh, you know, I, another story, you know, how funny how it was transcended. Like when he was wrapping up his career, I was I was in Tupelo and had another, another, another significant other. And she was from L.A. And she knew one basketball player. Yeah. And everybody got compared to Kobe. You know what I mean? It was just like – I was coaching Ty Jones, and I was like, "Man, Ty's going Charleston Southern." She's like, "Is he as good as Kobe?" Well, well no, no, no. And you know what I mean? Like, we'd be watching TV, and they, you know, I'd have, you know, somebody else, you know, doing something, you know, whether it be Kyrie, and she'd be like, "Wow, that was a good move." Is he as good as Kobe? No, but that's all she knew. 
you know, so I mean, it, it, I mean, this is like 20 years of my life that had to do with Kobe, and he yeah. wa- he wasn't my favorite player of all time, no. but he's one of the guys I respected the most as a player, and I respected him even more after he got older Agreed. because I I realized how good of a father he'd become, how good of a husband he'd become despite his previous transgressions. Sure, you know, and uh, and and I want to say this too: screw the folks who speak ill of the dead for making doing something he did when he was 24, 25 Agreed. years old. Agreed. He who did not make a mistake in their 20s cast first stone. And none of well, y'all cast and, and I'll tell you one thing that I do appreciate, and this I think you'll agree with this, two, t- two things really. One, I can really, really appreciate the coverage of all, everything. I mean, you, I mean, you turn on CNN, Fox News, they're talking about Kobe the other day. I mean, you know, for a long period of time. You've got presidents, you know, celebrities from all, you know. But the thing I think that that, that I, I do appreciate, I mean, it's, it's so hard to appreciate death, and I can speak to that personally, I promise you. But it is at a, at a time when things are so easily divided, I think everybody stopped for 20 minutes and said, man, this sucks. And even even in times of everyone reeling a little bit, Everyone also kind of came together a little bit. It's it's one of those galvanizing things. It, it really it, is. You know, not along the lines of like a you know nine eleven or something like right. that. Right. But in a a um, a little bit of a harmonious moment. Yeah. In, in things that we enjoy to get away from times like nine yeah. eleven, like watching basketball on television. Everybody, whether you're white, black, Republican, Democrat, rich, poor, everybody said, "Man, this sucks." It does suck. You um, know. You know and. Um, the thing that, that, that hurts the most when I think about it, and, and, uh, and, you know, be real, um, I, I buried both my parents and there was separate times, different times in my life, but they were both sudden. You know, my mother was a car accident. Uh, my father, he was sick. He'd gotten better. He was in the hospital for something minor and passed away while I was there unexpectedly. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is, uh, death doesn't wait for you to say goodbye. No, you know what I mean. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't check your time. It uh, it it is on its own time. It uh, it doesn't check your status in the community. It doesn't check how many Twitter followers you have. Death does not care how many zeros and commas are in your bank account. When it's time, it's time. And that is what sucks about this: the absolution. You know what I mean? The the fact that uh, yeah, the fact that something has happened so suddenly and there was no preparation for it. We we see our legends get old. You know, we're. I mean, knock on wood. God willing, we're going to see Michael Jordan get old. You know, what I mean, we're going to Bill Russell is old. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, I never got to see Pistol Pete. I mean, he's forty and eighty eight when he died. I mean, I was a six year old kid. You know, um, sometimes things happen too soon. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I remember when uh, the musician Aaliyah died. Yeah, it I really too. rocked. You know, that that whole community of music. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, it, it's I, I hate the the. Uh, the finality of it. Yeah. You know what I mean, and, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, you know, uh. There won't be those conversations about the things that he did, uh, no. the, like as a fifty-year-old man and how he, right. how this academy has done this and that with him living. His his yeah, legacy, yeah, his legacy fell will, short. Yeah, I well, mean, it did fall short, but it, it got cut short. Yeah, yeah. His legacy will continue on, but who knows what it would have been without with with him? It may have been as remarkable as his basketball. Career. Yeah, I mean, he has the best sports drink on the on the market. Body armor, it's uh, awesome. Uh, it's it's fan- amazing. It's fantastic. You know, there was just so much going on though, and and, and I really I, I hate that it happened. It is heartbreaking. And uh, I'll say this: I, I give a, I have a lot of friends who are basketball fans, and shout out to them. Uh, but in particular, my friend Kyle Mackins, he's a big Laker fan. Um, I give a shout out to him. He took it pretty hard. Um, my my know, friend Vance McCullough. Yeah, and the, favorite player of all time, like. 
the same way probably Vance mm-hmm. loved Laker basketball when nobody else like yeah. liked NBA basketball. Yeah. Like just he was the odd duck. I yeah. mean, he had a full Laker uniform. I mean, just you know, he took me to a Grizzlies game. Ate at uh, Isaac Hayes Hot Buttered Soul when it was still open. That place was pretty good. I and remember then, that. Uh, yeah. we, uh, he got courtside tickets to the to the. I mean, it's amazing, man. Yeah. But, and, um, so I actually get it's. I find it cool that I actually say I got to see that guy play. Yeah. So that's that's cool. And I, and I guess and a friend of the fr- a friend of the uh, the program, Andy Frasco. Uh, I reached yeah. out to him right after it happened. He was in a playing at Panic in La Playa down in Mexico with the big widespread Panic Festival. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I man, I texted him and I was like, I know he knows, but I mean, it was sudden and. All he could send back was "Love you, bud." Like you know, what I mean, like he was shell shocked. You know, what I mean. Uh, so shout out to uh, the Laker fans for uh, for th- this time that they've got going on. Um, but which leads me to something else, and you kind of segued into it a minute ago. We're talking about uh, the mourning process and stuff. Sure. And why do you think it is that we mourn celebrities, athletes, people of fame and uh, notoriety differently, and maybe more? With more reverence and maybe more um, charismatically than people we know. Why do you think that is? I think that there's two. I think that's a double-edged sword. I think there's two sides of that. I think the good side of it is that you you recognize something that somebody was obviously so good at that made them famous that you not necessarily looked up to them or admired them, but you respected what they did, and it, and it was kind of like. You know, man, I remember it, it, almost nostalgic in the terms of like I remember when watching that. That was so cool to watch. So like, it makes you think of that. Whereas like, if you lose your aunt, you know, if you weren't close, I mean, you just lost your aunt. And I right. hate to speak yeah. like that because, but there's a lot of people that think like that. You think about this, like, and this is you know the one thing that that I think can be taken from this, and that 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 was the that was the positive side of it, I guess. The one thing that can be taken from it is. A lot of the things you see, you see on Twitter and Instagram and whatever, you know, hug your loved ones, tell them you love them tonight, this and that and the other. And the reason for that is because, like I say that, speaking like somebody like your aunt or your great uncle, were you really going to talk to them until you find out they de- they died? You know, and, and like I see people all the time walking to the funeral home, and they're just kind of there because they were like, well, it's, it's my third cousin. Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. But the other side of that I think is a negative because I think a lot of people have – self-agenda in aggrandizing the death of someone mm-hmm. well-known. Yeah. In other words, you know, like, I mean, it, in other words, like, it, it it creates a really weird, like like a dynamic and dialogue between people on social media of, like, when somebody dies and it was like, you know, you didn't even like so-and-so. I mean, I've been listening to his music, or I've been watching him play ball since you know whatever, and it just create it brings out a lot of negativity in 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 people. I think, and I think it's it, it's one of those things you feel left out. I think if you don't if you don't tweet out, or you don't send a picture, or if you don't you know you repost a hashtag, a hashtag yeah. from Instagram about the same one that three million other people have posted, like they want to see. Either you're trying to be like-minded with other people that you know and you don't want them to be like, well, man, why didn't you tweet anything about Kobe? Even though you know they wouldn't ask you, right. they'd be thinking it. But yeah. this, I think that's the negative. But yeah. that that would be like my my guess on that. Because, like, you know, I've ne- you can't ask anybody that. Like yeah. You're gonna like, hey, man, your aunt died last week. How come you posted about Kobe but not your aunt? Right. You know, yeah. you, you can't ask that. I, I think, like, um, 
I'm okay. I, I mean, I, I'm like everybody else. I tweeted, you know, about it. And sure. Stuff, you know, whatever. But, but see, I expected a tweet from you. You're a basketball well, guy. And that's what I was about to say. I feel like if you make it uh, personal, if you kind of give a little bit of background and why you're doing this and, then people and what that person meant to you. Yeah, but like, rip to the goat, hashtag Kobe. I mean, for sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, thinking that too. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you don't have to just say it. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that, that you, you say aggrandizing, grand, was that aggrandizing? Aggrandizing. That's a good word. I haven't Thank heard you. that. I was going to say grandstanding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, with your, yeah. Um, another thing I think, and you know, you're, you're in more of this realm than me, you know. Um, another thing I think is people probably have more memories and relate more to Kobe. Than the people who aren't in their immediate family. That's that, that's that's kind of what instance, I was getting at. I just yeah, I just talked about four instances right off the top of my head in which Kobe Bryant was deeply involved, and you know what I mean, like you know the three different girls and my, one of my best friends. But man, I can I can remember like I said the the when he got drafted. You know what I mean? I can remember yeah. watching him in the McDonald's game. Like I mean, there I, I probably have two hundred things in my brain of Kobe Bryant if I can just think of. I remember the great commercial where he jumped over the car driving at him. Yeah, you know. I, but you don't have two hundred of your third cousin. Exactly, that's what you I'm know, saying. Or you your know, great so, uncle. Yeah, you know, I, I think we kind of relate with these folks more. We look. I didn't look up to my 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 next kin. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Outside of my family, yeah, you know, I look right. up to my father and my mother and them, and my grandmother. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, even like my best your my best friends. You know, I, I it would really break me up if something happened to them. But you know that friends uh, friendly acquaintance group. Like you, you don't tweet about them. No, you, you don't. You don't. You know, I mean, you know, and it's just kind of. We, yeah, yeah, I guess that's the And a lot of people have pointed out, too, and I, I can somewhat appreciate this because I think some people are doing it for attention, but I think some people mean it. You see a lot of people, and now you're starting to see stories about the other seven people in the plane, you yeah. know, and that's that I can appreciate the fact that, you know, it wasn't just Kobe Bryant and his daughter in the plane, right. in, in the helicopter. It was, it was seven other people. And and, other people's and, daughters and fathers. Yeah, and, and mothers, husbands. What, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, you know, you. you and it was because it was an accident like that, right. that 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 it drew light to it, man. And you know, it it well, you know, if anything, I think it's yeah. anything can happen to anybody on any given day, mm-hmm. man. And I think that's one thing that this sheds well, a little light on. And I, when I'm what I'm about to say, I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. But this is honest to goodness what I'm about to say. I mean this. I do not take unnecessary harmful risks with my personal body for that reason. And what I mean by that is, I mean, yeah, for a while I treated it like a truck stop bathroom. I ate the worst things, drank the worst things. I'm talking about like, I'm not going to get in a hot air balloon ever, ever. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not going to get no offense unless they are carrying me to the hospital. I'm not going to be in a helicopter. I'm only going to be in a commercial jet for business or personal travel i'm not going to be in a private jet with two other people in a in a in one pilot that i pay a hundred single for. engine Cessna. yeah like yeah, yeah but by the way they call the Cessna the, the doctor killer because all the rich doctors get their own plane they learn how to fly it and they crash it you know what i mean like there are just unnecessary risks that we take as humans uh due to convenience you know what yeah. i mean um so like kobe was flying he was cutting down a 90 minute trip into a 20 minute helicopter flight right and Im- imagine yeah, you get what I'm saying there. I mean, like yeah. it just like, I, and I wonder it, it, since it's since it's been brought to my attention. Like I've thought about it. Like, was he? You know, was were the 
the kids on the plane going to be late to something if they did? You know, like well, I, I wonder. Well, and, I, and that'll never come out. Well, you know? well he I, I saw an interview with him. He'd been doing helicopter travel for a long time since he had kids, because it let him have more time with his kids. It let him it let him get work and play in and family time because he could travel so fast. Sure. You know what I mean. So he was doing that. Like he would go from his house to the Lakers facility in a helicopter and work out and then be back to take his kids to right. school. Like, you know, so it was so commonplace. And this was an accident. I mean, I mean, it's totally right, right. unforeseen. It's something he'd literally done a thousand times. But I just feel like for the convenience of it in hindsight, and I mean, you know, just thinking like, what was... Well, you know, and that, you know, it's, it's so... And I'm so glad you brought it up because I actually, this is really crazy. When I got home from soccer last night, I cut the TV on, I was going to wind down, Stephen Colbert was on. And he was talking about this specific topic. And one thing that he said was, you know, he, he got bashed for this. He really did. Uh, he, said, he said kind of the same thing you did. But he also said, look, I'm not here to sit here and say Kobe shouldn't have been in a helicopter. No, he should have been. That, that, He's, yeah. What he said is he said, I'm here so that we can identify these type of things. So hopefully they don't happen to anybody else. Right, yeah. And that was, that, that was the thing is, you know, it, and he kept, you know, he, he said – he said, man, you know, I'm not as recognizable a human being as Kobe, not even close. But if I thought that that made life easier and made me to where I could do stuff like that, I would probably do it too. And one point he made was, you know, how many helicopter rides has this guy taken? Probably mm-hmm. thousands. Oh, and, and then, It just so happened to be this one time, and he went into the whole – it was a fog thing. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you can't you, – you see out of everywhere in a helicopter because it's all glass. Whereas in a plane, you've got stuff that blows that to the side, and the, you know you're you're dead center. Like you're driving you can, a car, you, you we can drive navigate the fog. better, yeah. exactly. But you know, it's 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 a freak thing, man. But it like, really you know, is. But you, you say that, and I think about that is you know, I could die on my way to work mm-hmm. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I, I get I get it. Yeah. I, I totally get. Our life is so fragile as it is. The it just worries me that the. The conveniences of life put an undue risk. I mean, and, and, right. and I mean, and, and here's the thing that also is kind of s- sad and sucks. It was probably such a really cool thing for those girls who don't fly in that helicopter. Oh, no kidding. Well, we get to ride in the helicopter. Yeah, I mean, with like, Kobe Bryant. Yes, and I mean, his daughter. And, I, yeah. and I, I, I love Kobe for, and that just shows how awesome he is. Yeah, I mean, I love him for for doing that. I mean, that kind of stuff. I just, man, hell, I just hate he's not with us. I know. I, I hate that smile's not going to be courtside. And you know, the best thing that has come out of this, and I've seen a thousand of them today. I get on Twitter, and I see friends, you know, people I don't know, celebrities all over. And they're all doing the girl dad. I love it. Hashtag thing. Like both my pastors did it, man. I'm seeing celebrities do it. Baseball coaches, baseball players. I mean, it's just, it's really cool that that. I, and it, it was all because uh, Ellie, the, the, the I, lady, yeah. the, the lady on ESPN, told her, you know, her story and her one run in with Kobe, and 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 he talked about that and about having his daughters and. You know her and her daughter. You know it was just it was just cool to think like that, man. You know, just like so. I hope that's something that. You know, I will tell you another thing that that happened, and I, I don't know that I ever taken this again. I don't even know if kids still do this, but it was a big thing to me and you. I saw somebody tweet out, "We will no longer play twenty one tip." I love it. We will play twenty four, and if you go over, you'll go back. Call it Kobe, and I love that, that's man. That's stuff. so cool. Yeah. And I tell you, the other thing is the whole the whole trash can thing, man. I, I made me a trash can video today at the factory. Did you really? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. It was cool. I have, we have a big old trash can. I got it probably about I don't know about twenty feet away, and shot me one out there. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I don't yell Kobe because the old women at my factory have been going like, what in the hell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, but that, still. That, that, there's there's a lot of good things that will happen because of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, 50 years from now, it'll be like the Roberto Clemente death. You know, he, you know, he was in the prime of his career, 100%. just got his 3,000th hit. But we really, you know, it becomes foggy and fuzzy about when he died, unless you're a sports guy. 50 years from now, people will kind of remember that Kobe died tragically, but dying young won't kind of be thought of. But, yeah. like, but we'll remember his legacy, and the immediacy of this will pass on. Agreed. And, that, and that's a good thing. And um, shout out to all the folks who are, you know, in the in the grieving and mourning process. Um, we, you know, uh, we get it. And, uh, you know, uh, to each his own. And uh, shout out to his family. And then Absolutely. all the rest of the family's affected. Absolutely. So. Uh, but that brings me to another thing. And this is a, it's, it's sports related, but it's not necessarily a sports topic. So um, post retirement, Kobe was doing well. Oh, Magic man, Johnson, yeah. they do well. Michael Jordan, doing well. Uh, some guys are able to, when they're playing, have real good uh, hit on their shoulders advisors, uh, managers, uh, publicists, uh, people that handle their marketing and stuff and their business planning. And then, uh, they're able to thrive. Sure. You know what I mean? And they're able to handle success and fame and celebrity and paparazzi. And they're able to p- process it all. But then you got a, a guy like a former NBA player and a college basketball All-American, Delonte West. Um, he, there was a really disturbing video that came out on the Internet of him being, uh, I don't know if it was arrested, but more so police interrogated or something yeah. or maybe a, a person of the media. But he was on the side of the street saying all kind of incoherent babble and saying he was the president and cussing and he obviously looked at he was like he had a substance issue. Um, so tell me your thoughts on why some guys can and why some guys can't handle it. You have a deep uh, rooted interest in mental health. I mean, it runs. Uh, your mother has long been a mental health uh, advocate and a person who deals with folks of that nature. So tell me why you think some folks can, and some folks can't. I think there's several factors at play. Obviously, I think one. The background, and I think my mother would agree to this too. The background that you are raised in and you're brought up in is going to make up the majority of the makeup of what your mental health is and will be for the majority of your life. And if it's a bad thing, it's something that you have to get out of. If it's a good thing, good things will continue on. For, you know, in other words, like it's a, having a support group. I don't think that Delonte West probably had a very good support group growing up. Probably hangers owns. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 you know, he he probably was a kid that was viewed as you know, well, this kid's done sign with St. Joe's, he's done made it out of the PJ, and he's done made it big, and now he's in the NBA, and it was he was probably never used to that type of success. And then I think once you get there, it becomes an issue of the people you surround yourself with. For instance, like who your agents are, who your entourage is, who are you hanging out with before and after games, on the road, what are you doing? And I think that Delonte West, for lack of a better explanation, was probably doing a lot of the wrong things. You know, right, and, and, the and, really wrong things. You know, and, and you know, you you, ha- you have these guys that play professionally that come back to speak to high school kids in their auditoriums, and they the one thing they always say is, you know, your education so valuable. I don't think it probably was very valuable to Delonte West because what it's so hard to make any kid from any, uh, you know, socioeconomic status or background understand is that when they are in these years of their lives from in adolescence through high school is that 
this is when you've got to start understanding what you want your life to look like. And if you make these decisions, it's not going to work out well for you. You don't have to believe me now, but when you look up and you're 35 and in Delante West shoes, then and only then could you ever realize that what I was telling you was the truth. Yeah. And that's I think that's probably what happened to him. Part of what happened to him, obviously. Um, but I think that as time goes on, you know, they say, and I've said this before, high school students nowadays in, in 2020 have the same level of anxiety as 1950s psych ward patients. Now, that doesn't, let me tell you this, an anxiety does not matter how many commas your parents have in their checkbook either. No. It, it, it attacks anybody. It doesn't anybody, matter how cool you are, everybody. how many friends you yes. got. Yeah, no, for real. Everybody has problems. So one thing as far as, as far as professional organizations, whether it be music, sports, whatever, people really need to start taking a hard look of how do we need to better take care of our athletes. People that are not used to this. Darunia Wilson hmm. shot in his home two weeks ago. Mississippi State legend. It's heartbreaking. You know, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Somebody has got to be over there and be able to explain to pe- these people whether they're still in high school, getting into college, or even in professional ranks. You've got to keep continuing to do the right things and say the right things and put yourself around the right people. And I hope it's a concerted effort from everybody, especially in sports, to do that. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a few thoughts about things the NBA could do, like actually do. Um, first of all. I would like to say this from a PR standpoint. First of all, I'd like to say this. I agree with everything came out of your mouth, McKinley. That all, I mean, that was beautiful. I mean, like, for instance, I mean, like, I, uh, <laughs> shout out to Gloria, too, because I could tell you. That's where that came from. Well, well, I know, I could tell you listened. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that is the home you were formed in. True that. You're very aware. You're very, um, you, um, you're, you're aware of your own personal health, your own mental health. You know True what that. I mean? And you're, man, I'm just going to say this right here. There are I can't think of anybody on this planet probably that in this last year and a half of my life has been more aware of my mental health than McKinley. So shout out to him for always being there for me. Um, but with that being said, um, I think the NBA could do some things. And if I was the NBA, I'd be embarrassed if this happened. That that video I saw agree. the light of day, right? I'd be embarrassed. Um, there's enough money to go around. Okay, that I believe. Oh my gosh! I, I really feel like that you should almost have. I know everybody has a contract, and they're all unique to each athlete. You know, their their agents do this, but I think the NBA should almost have a, a policy that in every contract, not in fine print, in big old bold print, we're we we got this money. We're gonna put it in a trust, and it's an emergency fund. You know what I mean? If at any time the NBA deems that you we need to step in on your behalf and help you we are going to yes you know what i mean like we do not care what your well, age is what a better what time to do it i yeah. mean i hate to speak about yeah. it but you name an nba player that they've put a microphone on front of in the past week that hasn't have a direct connection to kobe there is no fraternity in sports like the nba none and you know they they may run their mouth and get on Twitter and talk, but but at the end of the day, when something like this happens, it, whether it be Kobe or Delonte West, they all feel it. Kendrick Perkins, the bit. biggest one of the biggest bullies in Saw the history of the NBA, got on there and pleaded with KD, "I'm sorry for anything I said to you," and he meant it. A hundred percent. He wouldn't have put it he, out there. If he he didn't. meant it so much. He wanted tens of millions of people to see it. Exactly. You know what I mean? I know that that wasn't shallow. You know what I mean? No. That was legit. KD, look, right. I want people to see that I am trying to tell you I love you and I'm sorry. And they will mend that behind closed doors. They, they will. will. They will. Uh, but I believe if I was the NBA, I'd be embarrassed this happened. And uh, it, it ran rampant in the 70s and 80s when the crack epidemic was big. Agree. You know, and uh, they, they really cleaned that up. 
And I think now the crack epidemic's not here, and that's no. all I'm getting at. But social media, the epidemic is bigger than you think. That's an epidemic. And it's killing these guys' mental psyche. Uh, rumors that get started, things that happen, they get blown out of proportion. Um, the things that see the light of day now yeah. that wouldn't have seen the light of day 20 years yeah. ago are starting to crush yeah. Yeah. mentally and physically these guys. And they, yeah. they live a lifestyle when they're making this money and they got all these, and I don't like to call it an entourage or a posse because that seems like a negative connotation, but I like to say people that are around these individuals um, are there for their benefit. I think your people like Magic and Michael and Kobe, the people around them, they made sure we're around for their their per, their benefit. You know, what I mean, the, yes. the athletes' benefit. These people are here for me, and I'm going to take care of them, not the other way around. Right. Um. So what I think the NBA could do, and this is just me thinking, I think they should, like I said, have it in a contract that at any time, we're like the U.S. government, we can intervene on your behalf. Now, when we mean intervene, is we're going to give you a uh, place, a safe haven to go. We're going to give you all the rehabilitation you need. Uh, we're going to give you counselors. We're going to give you a, a financial planner. I also believe, you know, when you went to college and you were an athlete, you know, people do that. Uh, they have to go to study hall and they have to have a tutor. Right. I believe every basketball player should have a financial planner separate of their own that's part of the organization. Yes. Almost like an unbiased observer. Like, look, look. Well, and then it gives them the opportunity to say, hey, man, that guy that's representing you. Mm-hmm. It's not it, it's it's not doing what he's saying it's doing. Yeah, like yeah, I mean for real, like we're 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 and like be able to show them and yeah. say, look, man, you're supposed to have fourteen million dollars in revenue mm-hmm. this year. You've got nine. He's that, saying you got four, and that should be free of charge. That guy's free. 100%. He's paid by he's paid by that right there. And also, I think there's so much money McKinley made in the NBA. If they put a minute portion in a trust or something, I don't even know how how much interest bearing account you could get. You sure. know what I mean? But if it was, it didn't have to pay a lot. But they could fund everything that they need to do with this, with some of the money they have through their profits. I have no doubt. And I think it would go a long way if some of these organizations and owners would come out and say, here's the deal. Not only, you know what I mean, are are, are we cool with the NBA doing this, we're going to give a percentage of what we make at the gate. You guys pay monies to come see these people and boo them and yell at them and heckle them and praise them and love them. So we're going to take a little bit of portion of this money that's spent for this organization. We're going to throw it into this trust. So Delonte West not going to happen anymore. Uh, Michael Ray Robinson from the 80s, who was living on the streets in Harlem, is not going to happen anymore. Uh, they're going to get proper education on all matters of being a pro. So when they're, they're 35 and their career's over, they're fine. They've yeah. built a brand. You know, Major League Baseball does a amazing – They're the best. They're the best at it. They're the best at it. They, they are. They, they, they take care of families. Mm-hmm. They take care of guys after they're gone, mm-hmm. you know. And I, th- and I think Del- like I talked to Delvin the other day, and I was asking him what was going on, and I, we were talking about you know after baseball, and I said, man, I always tell him I want to hire him at Blue Delta, yeah, because I think he got a oh, million dollars out, man. And I and I was talking to him, I said something about going back to school, and he said, uh, oh yeah, he's like yeah, yeah, for sure. When when I'm done playing, I mean, or while I'm playing, if they, I can go back to school. I mean, they'll pay for it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a, that, see, and that's what I said. Baseball will literally take care of you, man, and that's that's that's. That's something – it's a model that – so baseball has got it figured out on that end. Basketball needs to figure it out on the other end, and the NFL needs to figure it out on the concussion end. What the, You the, know, like there's, there's there's three big major things that, that – Football's you know, finally taking care of their old players. They're yes, starting to. they need to, and, and thankfully they are because, they are. They're, man, you don't – the reason why the NFL for such a long time, to me – didn't shine a big light on this is because they lose dollars when they. I, I've watched yeah, a documentary to. on this on Netflix. I, I, if I can find the name of it, I'll, I'll share it with you. But um, 
you know, you see the Troy Aikmans, the guys, the Steve Youngs that have had concussions, they're still able to, you know, function and do everyday TV and stuff like that. You should see some of the ones that are in their 70s and their 80s yeah. that literally, like, have to eat through a straw because they get, like, their brain does not process chewing. Or, like, Junior Seau, who's no longer it, with us. It, it, you know, and that's that's what I'm saying. So, like, it's time that all all organizations like that should get. And, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't just lend to sports either, man. Look at how many musicians and actors we lose. You know, like, think about, like, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. And like, well, I want to tell you something cool about that. Um our guy, Andy Frasco, I, I brought him up. I love to bring Andy Frasco up twice in one program. He's huge on mental health. His last album yeah. was pretty much mental health uh, based at times. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the songs sure. are somewhat influenced by that. Uh, they have actually started a program for musicians about mental for mental health because all these guys have been dying recently and committing suicide. Sure. Uh, man, I can't think. I think it's called Backstage or something. Cool. At any time, a musician can like get in touch with somebody and talk to them. Other musicians, mental health counselors, other celebrities – people to like help with that i mean even people with dependency yes. issues which are, is a big deal uh man yeah they they walk they don't judge they walk you through that and how can we better help you you I know and man yeah no you're right uh i'm glad you brought that up about musicians because well, and, 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 we lose them too early when when we're at a time now where not this type of stuff is happening too much because a lot of it goes unseen. It does. But if it starts at the top of everything that every regular, everyday human being sees on TV and says, man, look at these celebrities helping other celebrities and look at these organizations that they're part of, I think that trickles down to make you think, maybe I can help somebody. Yeah. That's a little less fortunate than me that I know is going through something like Delonte West is going through. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I, that just overall, that's a Good, good thing. Man. When, when I, 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 I'm, I'm happy you said that. I just, I just feel like you should always take care of your own. You know what I mean? And the athletes are the asset. They are the reason you are in. And because I'm going to be honest with this, is going to be a joke. If the NBA was made up a bunch of five foot nine white dudes who couldn't dunk it and were really slow, I wouldn't watch it. You know what I mean? So let no. you know. Let's take care of these guys. Like you know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they're like you know what I mean? Like they are your asset. They're and, and to bring another whole dynamic into things right now and I think about this I really do especially in the light of Delonte West and Kobe the other day Antonio Brown got arrested at his home you know and here's the thing that was it's a good, so that, easy to look at that on TV and go man that guy's being an idiot man we don't know what's going on in that guy's head something's wrong with the past four or five months he has been off the rails and only people that recognize stuff like this are like man we're going to look up in two or three years and everybody that got on Twitter and said that guy's crazy, this and that and there, he may be dead. He might be. Or he'll look. Or in jail. Or, or we'll, we'll see a mugshot of him strung out in a really bad spot and we'll go, whoa, that's A.B.? Yeah. No, yeah, you're and right. And it's like, you know, instead of instead of doing that, get on board with, with somebody helping that guy. Yeah. That has nothing in it for themselves other than, hey, man, you are down and out on your luck right now. You need you need help, and I know you don't want to hear that because you've been on the top of the mountain. But seriously, it's 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 time, and and hopefully somebody will do that for him. Yeah, um, he's just got bad people around him. I'm just going to be real. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just these people don't care about him. They care yes. about the opportunity and being. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you're right. It's and it's sad. It really is. Um, I just hope everything works out. I, I really feel like his football career is over. Yeah. Uh, but I hope he doesn't become a big parody of himself. Same you know here. what I mean? That that's Same true. Um, well, uh, moving on to a little bit more happy topic. 
I mean, we've been talking about some dire things, but I, I do think it's important. Um, and this is the, what we just talked about because people are going through it. Are we Are we going to talk about baseball? We were. Okay. How did you? Yeah, finish? yeah. I had it on my mind yeah. when we said that. Well, that's what I was about to say. It's it's, it's a, a little bit more of a happy topic, but it's also going to segue into like some real life talk. Sure. Um, the baseball. Give me the happy right now. The baseball Hall of Fame. Yes. The baseball Hall of Fame. Um, what are your thoughts about Jeter getting in, and uh, and of course Larry Walker. Yeah, as well uh, in this era. What do you think about those two guys getting in? I think that for me, it's. I mean, it wasn't a matter of if; it was a matter of when. I mean, there's two guys that. I mean, Larry it was Walker, Walker's last year, wasn't it? Huh? It was yeah. Walker's last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, Larry Walker, probably the greatest Rocky ever. You know, best Canadian, best, and and very very quite possibly the best Canadian born player ever. He's my second favorite though. I love Matt Stairs. <laughs> I've, you look like a match. Reed Flowers lover. used to always say, uh, in case of emergency, use the stairs. <laughs> uh, Matt Stairs, if he ever wanted a career on ESPN2 in the skill competition, like I, he would have been the guy. Yeah. That, <laughs> I thought he would have been in the lumberjack competition. Chew at tobacco. About. and yeah. <laughs> Somebody missed out on, God. like, like Jack Link's beef jerky missed out on, on getting Could Matt you see Stairs. him swinging an axe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what made me think about on the log roll and just pow. And here is Matt Stairs fell to Sequoia with the (laughs) swing of an axe. (laughs) But no, man, no doubt, you know, for those two, for me, like not so much Walker. Like Walker's not on your mind when you think Hall of Fame because Larry Walker just kind of did things without notice. He played in a time, I think, when there were a lot of great players and the Rockies were not annually competitive. But I think that speaks kind of volumes to him, kind of like Tony Gwynn. You yeah. know, went, and he was an expo too, right? He was an expo. Yeah. Uh, but went, went about his way on teams that were usually not very good, kind of like Tony Gwynn did, and that yeah. he was just always good, always consistent. He was a 300-slash guy. You know, he, yeah. I mean, he, 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 he was just a great baseball player, man. And I'll never forget the moment. Nobody, nobody ever forgets this. The MLB All-Star game, Randy Johnson – he he looks down and he's you know he's scratching the man looks up and Larry Walker's didn't turn his hat backwards and stands right down. That's Larry Walker's moment. He was barely in the box, you know. And I, I love that man. I I, was, I, I think that's so great. And they interviewed him after it. They're like, you know, would you just do that as a gimmick just to get a laugh? He's like, yeah, but I don't think I've ever hit Randy Slider left-handed, so I figured why not try from the Might other as well. side. But Jeter, man, you know, Jeter's the gosh, dude. I mean. Especially shortstop to ever play the game. I mean, I don't well, think it's any doubt for me. I guess as and in, in its entirety, yeah. And, and shortstop's a weird position. It you is. know what I mean? Because not everybody played it the whole time. No. If A Rod stays there, is Jeter a Hall of Famer? You know, yeah, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. In other words, he may get slid over to second base. But I think you know. I mean, it's yeah. Derek Jeter is just he is everything. I can tell you this as a baseball coach, Derek Jeter's everything you want your player to try to be like. Well, that's what I was about to say. I think he's in the Hall of Fame, and his numbers are pretty good. But I think he's in the Hall of Fame for the his totality of work as a baseball player. Sure, if that makes sense. He's a winner. He yeah. had he had good years as a, you yeah. know he had a lot of hits. Uh, he was extremely clutch in the moments that mattered. His team won. Yeah, he was the ultimate leader on the biggest franchise in sports. He did it from day one. Yes, like you know what I mean. Like he, from Jump Street, yeah. No and doubt. then, um, also, he has some memorable moments. And when you throw those, oh, like man. the Giambi play or the dive into the, you know, what I mean, like you know, or the the five for five to get yeah. three. I mean, are you kidding? Yeah, you know, and so 
like you know, when you look at it, he was not the greatest defensive shortstop. People laugh; they joke. Yeah, they, they joke about his range a little bit. You know, uh, I mean, Ozzy was fantastic. Ray Ordonez was Jeter fantastic. Invented the whole I can't make the sliding play in the hole, so I'm just going to backhand yep. it and jump and throw it across mm-hmm. and see if it yeah. gets to the first baseman. But he—that's what I was kind of getting at. Like he changed the game yeah. for the all of the. You throw his skill and his intangibles in, and he's a he's a no doubt yes. Hall of Famer. That's what I'm getting at. Like, Agree. if you took away the World Championships and the clutch moments, and you took away the 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 memorable moments, his numbers get him in, but barely. You know what I mean? But when you throw in the baseball player, I think he should have been unanimous. And that guy who didn't vote him in needs to have his vote taken away. Right. Now, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be able to vote if you didn't vote for him. That's just sure. my opinion. I, I, I'm a, I'm in agreement. You know, um, I think you didn't vote for him, just so you'd be the guy that everybody talked about not voting for him. Mariano, like, what are you doing? Mariano Rivera got in unanimous, right? First yes, day ever. Yes. Okay, I think that's a slap in the face because, yeah, you sure. I mean, he he's the greatest closer of all time, and it's not even close. Right. But you just put a closer in, a yeah. guy who may pitch three times five a week. minutes every three nights. Yeah, sometimes he throws three pitches, uh, and you can't put a. Another guy in, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Unanimously, like Jesus, the on. best shortstop to ever play the game yeah, for the yeah. best franchise to ever yeah, play the game. Like, yeah, yeah, and silly, yeah. So, but I did make a list of the guys that were on the ballot, yeah, that I would have voted for this year. Okay, you get ten votes, right? And uh, these are the guys I would have voted for, and um, we'll see what you think. And, and I'll even explain why I voted for them. Uh, first and foremost, Barry Bonds, okay, Roger Clemens, okay, Derek Jeter, okay, Andrew Jones, okay, Andy Pettit. Yep. Manny Ramirez. Yep. Scott Rowland. Yep. Kurt Schilling. Sammy Sosa. Larry Walker. That's my 10. Yep. I voted for those 10 guys because I feel like nine of them are better than Larry Walker. I mean, no offense. Fair. I feel like nine of them are better than Larry Walker. And he's a Hall of Famer. True. Um, But here's my thing. I don't think you can compare eras in baseball. It's hard to. It's hard to. So, the Bonds-Clemens era, did they use steroids? And did they did they use steroids? Yes. Did they use human growth or human growth hormone? Yes. Were the things they were using at the time illegal in the game of baseball? No. They weren't using Winstraw and Stanazol. They were using human growth hormone. Growth hormone. It was not illegal. Uh, they were trying to get a leg up. Was it dirty? Yeah. Uh, was it against the code of the game? Yes. But people have been cheating and trying to cheat and get a leg up since the day the game was invented. You know Partly what I mean? That's what makes baseball kind of great. Yep. Pine tar, yep. you know, spitballs, hidden ball tricks. I think those guys could get in, and I'm okay with giving it its own era. You're the baseball Hall of Fame. You can do what you want. Give this Nobody call rules it the, call it the modern era, because do you think people are still not cheating? They're cheating. Are you kidding? So, yeah, that's what I'm getting <laughs> at. So And I need to say this before we jump into yeah. that. All of those guys you just mentioned, I'm more than okay with them being in the Hall of Fame. Because at the end of the day, the Hall of Fame is only something that you talk about if you go there or if you're talking about right. it. Right. When it yeah. comes up. We've never mentioned it until now. <laughs> Three months from now, you bring up the MLB Hall of Fame, I'm like, why? Did they vote yesterday? Who's on the, you know, exactly. on the docket on the this year? Yeah. It, there has to come a time when if you start letting people in who have the asterisk or you want to have the asterisk, whatever, with or without all of them, Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's and what that's I was, that that really it, it, every time this conversation comes up, it really really bothers me. Well, that's what I was going to get into as I was segueing from the Hall of Fame into the cheating. Before we talk about the Astros, I believe 
that if you cheat by bettering yourself, you understand? Like you are, Barry Bonds took human growth hormone to make Barry Bonds better. He did not do anything to Clayton Kershaw. He or not Clayton Kershaw, uh, Cole Hamels. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like he didn't do anything to those guys. Kershaw pitched a little bit to him maybe, but, but like he did not know what was coming pitch wise. They still threw that slider and they still threw that curveball and he had to hit it. You know what I mean? He made you throw it where he wanted to and he knocked it out of the park. So he made Barry Bonds better. Roger Clemens made Roger Clemens better by doing what he did. Um, what the Astros have done is a slap in the face to the game. I'm just being real. And the fact that those guys got suspended for a year or maybe got fired from their managerial position and they'll be back in the, on a bench somewhere in a year and nothing has happened to a single player who was totally complicit in this and Pete Rose not in the Hall of Fame is a sham and they should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely. Um, several things have come out about this. Carlos Beltran never coached one day for the Mets, fired from his job. His daughter gets on Twitter and says, whoa, 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 time out. You're going to fire my dad, but all these other, you know, same kind of deal. I saw a video of Jose Altuve. It was in a, it was in a, it was a series clincher the year they won it. I forget it was the NLDS, NLCS, whatever it was, but they won game seven. They won the put-out game to go to the next round. All the teammates, everybody's getting jacked, and it shows him sprinting to the locker room to change shirts. He had a device that went off, buzzed, whatever, whenever a certain pitch was coming. If that, Like, I have lost all respect for anybody that was doing that sort of thing to, it just it's, it's mind-numbing to me, but I'm going to tell you why. I didn't realize this today. My good buddy Jared Wesson posted this in our, our chat group. It was a tweet. It was a certain date, regular season game, the Astros playing the Royals. And these are the guys that you don't think about in all of this. Baseball is more cutthroat than any league in sports in terms of making it from the ground level to the major leagues. There's so many draft Some guys spend – 20 years in the minor leagues and never get a cup of coffee. And, and and for those of you that don't understand what minor league baseball is about, ask a minor leaguer that came from your area. They'll tell you it's it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's not a 162-game schedule, but it's like 130. It's the equivalent and of it, working it, at the Walmart distribution And it's center. on charter buses, and you're eating bologna sandwiches after game. It's like you're almost playing high school baseball at the highest level you can possibly play and not getting rewarded for it, even though you're supposed to be. That's how miserable minor league baseball is. Travel, the you know the injuries, the pain, the the stress of trying to get better to make it to the next level. Mike Bolsinger, pitcher for the Royals, gets a cup of coffee. The guy gets sent down to the DL. This is what Jared shared with us. I'll see this like the butterfly effect thing. The and, yeah. and, and twenty seventeen, I think it was the Astros scored sixteen runs on the Royals. Well known cheaters now. Documentation, you can hear the trash can, you can hear, you know, all that stuff. Mike Bolsinger is trying to make it in professional baseball. He's not a big bonus guy. So he didn't sign, he didn't get a signing bonus for $16 million. He is on a minor league contract making peanuts. He's on a 40 man and got called up. And got called up. So, I mean, he, he may get a free pair of cleats from a big leaguer. He goes out in his first appearance, a third of an inning pitched, four and runs, six hits. No walks, no K. You know, in other words, they knew every pitch that was coming. This guy never plays professional baseball again because of what they did that one night. So how much differently can his life change? And, and, and make no mistake about this. Ask John Wetland how he feels 
about your life changing just because of the one guy that pitched instead of you. They want John Wetland in 1995 gets put on the DL. The guy that comes in to replace him as a closer gets on a hot streak. That guy now best closer of all time. Yeah, he was a he was a part time so, starter in with no, a cutter. In other in other words, your job is so sacred. It's the major major league baseball. Every player that gets called up is like an NFL kicker. Yeah. Oh, you're you go, so right. You go one for three and oh for four in back to back weeks. You don't kick anymore. You're ever. Going. Yeah. Ever. That's it. Yeah. You're back in Paul Tuckett. Yeah. And and you're working somewhere. Yeah. You're selling insurance. That's what happened to Mike Bolsinger. All because these guys cheated. And that's a big problem for me. Well, another thing too. Not only did they win a championship, they might that they, they should not have won. Probably would not have won no. because then it was coming in. But let's think about it. all people do is pan Clayton Kershaw. Because he can't win the playoffs. They panned Kenley Jansen because he gave him a bomb. Yeah. Well, hell, they knew what pitch they were throwing. These guys are professional athletes. Yeah. They hit 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. Yeah. And when they know it's coming, they yeah. hit hard. I, no offense. If When I played high school baseball, I was a terrible hitter. I could not hit. Well, you're but, not supposed to be. But statistics if, but if I, tell you if you hit 300, you're good. That's three out of ten. But if I only knew that, if I knew when only the fastball was coming, I didn't have to worry about a curveball or a slider or changeup, I'd hit that one. Or if I knew the curveball was coming, I hit it. And that, that's what makes it so difficult is because major league pitchers, they're supposed to be good enough that they can throw any pitch in any count. Right. I coach baseball right now. I tell my guys, hey, man, hitters counts. Let's be thinking fastball. If a guy throws another great off-speed pitch on the plate and we don't swing it, I can't get mad at them for that because we're guessing right. if we see something different than straight. These guys can do it in any count. So the fact that they know what's coming, are you kidding the hardest thing to do in professional sports is hit a baseball. There's no doubt. Also, the sec, the harder thing to do than that is to guess what the pitcher is throwing and then hit that baseball. So if you, I mean, think about how hard that is to like. Okay, it's hard enough to hit a hundred when you know it's coming. Yeah. So my exactly yeah. speaks to your point. Yeah, and if a guy's got four pitches, he can throw for strikes at any time. You're in a really bad spot. Yes. And those guys are ripping it. And anyway, that, that it's cheating. That is cheating because they're yes. literally ruining the integrity of the entire game. They're affecting the outcome of history. They're not improving themselves. I mean, every sport has cheaters. People used to wear stick them on their hands in football. And, you know, basketball players, I don't know what they do. I mean, I don't know what you're going to be better. But, like, there there are corners. Well, the game of, to me, the game of basketball, the rule, like, you know, like the fact that, like, you can't see this if you're listening, but like, if I have the ball in the palm of my hand and then I turn it over, that used to be a travel. Yeah, in any, no matter what era it was. But then now they use they, they use the rules against the they use the rules to their advantage. You got James Harden, right? Taking but that's it, not their fault. No, but that's that's just part of the game. They're you they're improving their skills to do things that like the hand check rule. They know if the, if you put your hand on me once, that's okay. But when you put your hand on me the second time, it's an automatic foul. So Harden drives at you and he drives you again. Boom, boom, it's a foul. Right. I mean, they, that's how you kind of get around the cut corners there. Um, there's, so there's ways to improve yourself to kind of get an advantage. But what the Astros did was wrong. So here's what I'm thinking, just personally speaking. We kind of gave – I gave an idea of what I thought the NBA should do to help out with their mental health sure. issue. Here's what I thought baseball should do. You can't give anybody a death penalty. No. You can't do that because it's, fr- it's a privately owned franchise. Right. You know, it would affect an entire city. Like, yeah. if you took away the Indians from Cleveland, the city might collapse. Literally. You know what I mean? So – um, here's kind of my thinking though. I'd hit them where it hurt. I I'd do what they did. You know, I would I would have been made a mandatory 
firing or ban of the GM or whoever because they know, you know what I mean, or whatever, sure. the manager. Those two guys are done forever. You're done yes. forever. The GM and the manager of that team are done forever. Now, anybody who was rostered on that team caught cheating would be suspended unpaid for one year. Agree. I would void their contract. 100%. I would. I would. Which would hopefully cause some other issue for them as far as sponsorship. And And you imagine how bad the Astros would be for a year. Oh, yeah. And they deserve it. You know know what? uh, I mean, this is is just kind of playful here saying this, but I think anybody that faces the Astros just for one – or anybody that got caught cheating, if you were a known player, team, whatever, got caught cheating, you should for the next year – have to, if you're if you're hitting, if that team that got caught cheating is hitting, they have to start every count 0-1. It'd be fun. Or their hitters, uh-huh. the, their their pitchers have to say the the first two pitches they throw, they have to tell tell what they're throwing. They have to they have to make it verbalized. For sure. And if they don't, it's a free base. Okay. That's that, that's playful. But you know, if but, you want to stop I that crap, it. yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, for for instance, if you if you took every, off every major league player, and and I'm going to be real, like. I would be 100% okay with rewriting the record book. If you're not going to let P. Rose in the Hall of Fame, yep. go over there and look at Jose Altuve. I'm not number. counting his stats for I would, three or four years. I would Every year that I know they were cheating, I would take every hit off the books. Yep. I would take every home run off the books. And I would take the World Series away. And their rings yeah. or the value of them. Yeah, I mean, I would take the they World Series away. They would have to pay away. that back to Major League Baseball. I would take the World Series away because they banned the Black Sox – for life, they blame they banned Joe Jack, uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. The dude hit five hundred. Yeah, you know what I mean. He did, he didn't make an error, and yeah. he, I mean like, you know you, you know so I mean they fixed a World Series. These guys fixed a World Series. That's exactly what they. did. I mean that's what they did. They literally. There's if you look at that any differently, then you're 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 out of touch. Yeah, you are. So that's what I would do. I would hit them or hurts. I would hurt. I would kill their legacy, and I would hurt their pocketbook for a year. I'd make them figure it out. Now they'd be okay with their money. Yeah, I would literally. I'd almost as baseball. I feel like I mean I know they have private contracts with separate teams, but you you rule the roost. I'd almost make their contracts null. I would make them sit out for a year, and now guess what? You're all free agents. You don't play for the Astros anymore. Yeah. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Good luck. I mean, I, that's just uh, yeah. You're not coming back here. I mean, there's just things they could do. It just, it just makes me mad that that's blatant, horrible. But anyway, um. Baseball is having a tough time enough as it is with viewership. Yeah. This didn't help. No, it didn't. It's a major black eye. For sure. For sure. Um, well, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. We were talking about Hall of Fame, and I'm going to put you on the spot twice. I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to give you some trivia before, okay. before we wrap up. By the way, your dogs have been wonderful tonight. Oh, They've been so man. precious. They and some good kiddos had some baths and some nail clippings and some annual shots today. Yeah. So I'm just monster. He didn't go. I want you. This is going to be a fun question. And you're going to, to I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot and I'm gonna let you put me on the spot too because I haven't thought about this. Okay. But when you have a Hall of Fame, there's different years and different degrees of like Hall of Fame. You got first ballers, second ballers, you got people who get in there last year like Larry Walker, you got unanimous people, you got people who get seventy five percent. Um but the first baseball class was a good one. And it wasn't so modern, you know, because you had some guys who played in 1898 who got in because yeah. that's when they, you know, but you had, you had, uh, yeah, you had Babe Ruth, I think Walter Johnson, yeah. Luke, uh, uh, Ty Cobb. Sure. You know, so those guys, they all were different, you know what I mean? But they were the first. Out of the totality of the beginning of baseball, they were the guys that they got chosen to go in first. So my question to you, who are the five first people in the McKinley Holland Hall of Fame? 
the people who've affected your life. Ooh, man. Who, who the, there's five. I want to know I want to know your five. And there will be other people in your life that get in your Hall of Fame. But I want to know those five. Oh man. And that's going to and this is fun for the podcast cuz we're going to have people listening. Man, I almost want to categorize it, you know, like sections of my life, but it's 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 hard to do yeah. that. Um and they don't have to necessarily be the most five more most important. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take out my family because those are obvious okay. because and I think it it gets more people that I would have like on that right. fringe bubble if I did put family yeah, in. Oh yeah, my bad. I wasn't even thinking. You, about you know like what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I wasn't thinking. Like I don't want to put my parents, no, 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 and no, no, grandparents. No, no. You know, like yeah, I'm, I'm so thinking like non-family like hall of fame. Yeah, like teachers. Okay, non-family yeah, 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 hall yeah, of yeah. fame. Yeah, my bad. I didn't clarify that. I, I know, I know G and, and yeah, Sadie you know, yeah, and, and my yeah. gosh, you know, yeah, I mean, my dad and grandma, my mom are in there, but I'm not talking about them. My bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, one for me for sure has to be Kirk Presley. Taught me how to be a head coach. Taught taught me how to be handle people in the coaching setting. Not just the he he helped me grow up. When he when he got me, I was an immature seventeen sixteen year old kid, and I came out a okay thirty year old when he was thirty one year old when he was done with me. Right. Uh, and I you know took his job, and uh, he I don't know he just his love for baseball, his love for for being able to connect with kids and make their experience good and the way he dealt with people whether we're at the drive-through or at the hotel or our parents or tournament officials just consummate professional he has to be in my in my five um i would have to say oh man i've got so many teachers man yeah there's always one i know um I want to say Miss Brenda Robinson, my second grade teacher. Okay. She helped me. And, of course, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this then, but she kind of helped me figure out what kind of kid I was, I guess you'd say. Okay. Um, oh, I got into good non-family. When this is a guy, there are two, really, two men outside of my family that have helped mold my life that were not coaches, my good buddy Will Klein's dad, Sam, has always kind of been like a second dad to me. Uh, there were times, and there are still times, where, you know, Will doesn't live at their house anymore, but when he was in D.C. or when he was playing minor league baseball, I would just ride by there. And just, you know, when we go out to Chester one practice or have tryouts, I'd just ride by and see what the clients are up to. Uh, my godfather, Charles Davis. Um, okay, yeah. He uh, Where's he from? Uh, Marietta, new site. One of, okay. one of Grand Slam, actually. Yeah. Okay, I thought so, in yeah. Day, in yeah. the 70s. And that's something that I didn't realize I could appreciate as much near in life, late in life. Is he showed me all the pictures and stuff as a kid of them beating Provine, and not it was a true Hickory, you know, Hoosiers moment. It was really cool. And then, but he he was kind of he was definitely a second dad, even though he's my godfather. He passed in two thousand one uh, from Gillian Barre syndrome. Man, it was yeah. a really rare rare disease. Uh, was a legend on the respiratory wing at the hospital. Um, but he was always – my dad's a very, very busy man, always has been. He's been in the legislature my whole life. Uh, a lot of the games where you're looking over to have a male figure there, I'd see my mom and I'd see my godfather. I'd see Chuck. And, you know, he, 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 was, he was a big part of uh, everything. And then, and then one person that, that I, I, I will always, always, always appreciate that I never actually played for or was a student for uh, was Lee Stratton. 
Dude, just, I, I love that you mentioned him. He's such a heck of a guy. Man, I, I just I, every time I see him, he's so cordial. The way he carries himself. He was an administrator when I was coming through school, uh, and you know he had no reason to know me other than the fact that you know I was a, I was an athlete in the school, and I was on student council, and I worked in the attendance office, and right. his office was right there, kind of by it, and. You know, he just, he always talks to you, and I talk to him still to this day every time I see him. He's always interested in what I'm doing. Heck of uh, an athlete. Oh, my gosh. The whole family. Just, just, a, just, a, just a good man overall. But that would, yeah, that, that'd probably be, I mean, you know, I could go on. I mean, I, man, I. Well, this was your first bouter. I was, you know, I was on the, group. I mean, I was on the fringe of putting Bill Russell in there, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just. We'll, we'll say this. We'll say this about Bill. He would be a unanimous inductee in the second class. <laughs> he killed me for that. <laughs> The dean of drivers in. He's a good dude. I saw him the other night. He he bought me. Oh, he, he gave me supper before their basketball game. He give me supper. Come with me to Springville, and he will. I need to. I'm going next week. Go with me. If hope hopefully I can't. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, ho- ho- hopefully we're getting prepared for Oxford or Madison Central. Hopefully but, so. Hopefully but so. But we'll yeah, see. We'll talk about that next yeah. week for sure. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations by the way on that big Thank win you, you got. We'll, we'll talk about that in more of a sports podcast sure. going forward. Sure. Um, I'll give you mine real quick. Yeah, yeah. Please. Um, I got uh, I got I got I got six. And I went like uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whereas you I gave me five. Well, I, I added one extra when you got to mention one because I wanted to. So Bill's in my six. Bill's in your six. Okay. Bill's in your first. Yep, I get six. You get six. He's a unanimous selection, and no, no matter what what group he's in. Um, but I went with like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame style. I went with maybe some groups instead of a human. Okay, so for instance, um, first and foremost, uh, I went with uh, this is not no particular order, but I want to start with the teacher. I went with the guy, Coach Ray Kennedy. Okay. He was an assistant football coach at South Pontotoc, and he's my favorite teacher I ever had. Um, but uh, he's Kate Kennedy's dad, and he's a Church of Christ preacher. But he is a, a, a true man of character, and he is hilarious. He was he was just a funny dude. And I liked him so much, I took him – I think I took him for geometry and then algebra two. Um, and I was a couple points away from being star student, and I was going to name him star teacher at a big surprise because nobody would have expected you know that. But – he was just a man of integrity, a really good guy, and uh, I played high school basketball for my dad, and there was a lot of pressure. But I would I had Coach Kennedy's class, and I could go in there and talk to him, kind of like a confidant. I could sure. tell him what was going on. He's a coach, so I could tell him what was going on in the locker room. And he would have conversations with my dad. They were on the same staff, you know, and, and he would kind of not relay me information that I needed to have, but just kind of be like – But he would also have separate conversations just for you. Yeah, like – That your dad didn't Everything's going to be okay. And he was he was just a, a really good guy, and uh, I, I love him. Uh, Mark Vandiver and I had him for geometry, algebra 2 together, and we – he had a thing. You don't have to take your exam. Now, even if you were exempt, like if you were exempt, you don't have to take your exam. But if you're ex- if you could take it and it helped your grade, he would count it. So Mark and I had a B, and I think I may had a, 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 I think I had a low A, and he was like, you know, y'all don't have to take your exam, but if you want to take it and it helps your grade, I'll, I'll allow it. So we didn't show up for the exam. He got word to us through Kate, his daughter, that we needed to come to his house in New Albany, and let Miss Pat, his wife, feed us lunch and let's take that exam. I'm not going to say that we both did not have really high A's on our exam and that the answer sheet was accidentally left out on the kitchen table. (laughs) But I had a really good exam grade. And he's retired now from education, so I can say that. And it was an honest mistake on his part. 
But you worked in his class. You had a B. It's true. So obviously that it was a one-time deal. But it, but it was a one-time deal. I, I had it, a teacher like that too. It helped my grade. I'll say that. I had, he, to, I had to make up three tests the last week of school, senior high school. Right. And I said, hey, I got to make up those three tests, and she said, you know what? Happy graduation. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and it's always that. good to have teachers like that because he yeah. got it. He knew yeah. I was on the road for four nights a week playing basketball. Right. And working a job for the park commission. And I was a son of an educator. He got it. Uh, my next one. I'm going to throw in uh, Chris Vandiver. Uh, dude, when I man. went to South Pontotoc, Chris, my dad was the head basketball coach there. It was the summer going into my eighth grade year. I didn't know a soul. I went to basketball practice. And Chris was my first friend. He took me under his wing. He gave, He's given me a hard time ever since. Uh, but he, he was uh, – for the longest time, uh, he and a, another guy that I'm about to mention have been my best friends from high school. And uh, I was at a really weird spot in my life, uh, Not didn't have much aim going on. And I ran into Chris at the state tournament, uh, and he told me he'd just gotten a job at Pontotoc. Yeah. And uh, I was moving to Pontotoc, and he said, come by the gym anytime you want, just shoot. And I was trying to lose some weight at the time. And uh, I went to the gym that day and shot ball, and I think maybe I went back a second time and he asked me, he said, they're not going to hire me an assistant here. Do you want to be my assistant? And I had nothing going on. Blue Delta was in its infancy. You yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, sure. And I'll say this. It probably saved my life because it was Blue Delta was so tough and uh, life was stressful at that time. Uh, things, some things going on that being able to go hang out with Chris and reconnect there was a big deal. And he's always been a big supporter of mine through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. You probably would have never met me without Chris Vanderbilt. I would have never met you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no way we, we'd have we would have never been. For, we'd have met at trivia, and that'd been but it. we we wouldn't have had a connection. Nope, we'd have never had a connection. But if it wasn't for Chris, yep, that's it. And I remember, uh, they're, they're long after, uh, yeah, long after I guess uh, I got older, I lost connection with Chris. He went to college, he got married. I was doing college, doing the opposite of getting married. And uh, but when we got back together, it was just a real treat. You know, what I mean, I got to know Natalie and his kids and family. And he's in my he's in my Mount Rushmore friends as well as my Hall of Fame. So, oh, uh, the next guy, South Pontotoc, Nick Weaver. True that. Uh, he's he's uh, there's never been anybody that has been there for me, uh, that I don't share a bloodline with like Nick. Um, there have been times when I had nobody on my side and Nick was there. Um, I'm where I'm at today, uh, because of the help of of him. Uh, so he he would be an inductee for me for real, and uh, the last three are groups. I'm gonna go with the the Flowers family: Reed, Chad, Rodney, and Nancy. There was a time I was homeless in my life, and they let me live at their lake house free of charge with Reed when I first started coaching at Pontotoc with Chris. Young uh, Rosa. Those two guys are my brothers, uh, and I love them dearly. And uh, Rodney and Nancy. Rodney's a, a tremendous uh, administrator, just retired from South Panola as the principal. Nancy's a longtime educator. They took care of me. Uh, they're like a second family to me. Uh, my friends Seth and Joel. I'm just going to mention them and everybody that listens that knows Seth and Joel know that why Seth and Joel are in my Hall of Fame. They were uh, really important in my formative years in college. I learned a lot about music and travel and festivals because of those guys, and they're really fun. And then the Duma. And uh, for those of you who listen to know what the Duma is, that was a group uh, from South Pontotoc that I was a member of. It was kind of a uh, social party, as we called it, a play on words from the old Russian parliament, the Duma. But it was uh, Josh West, Hal Teasler, Bud Holman, and Jeremy Johnson, and I was the uh, fifth member. And uh, those guys are just lifelong friends of mine. So those are my six people or entities I would have in my Hall of Fame. And hopefully like they, they listen to this and, 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 and hear that. So I hope they do too. Anyway, man. well, I got one more thing for you. Okay. You down for some trivia? I am as always. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up with a little I'm trivia. I do better than I did last time. I think you'll do okay. Uh, these are going to be – they're kind of hard. Oh, uh, great. But, but, <laughs> but I think they're more along the lines of what you got going on here. So okay. uh, the first one is uh, musical alter egos. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
So I no saw one. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> and I'm going to explain why I'm bringing this up. So I saw a really good. I love cover songs, Me but too. I love cover songs done by famous people. Doing other famous yeah, people yeah, like, yeah. like your Morgan Wallen, Morgan Wallen, cover, cover me, me up. up. Yep, that's so it. I like it. Yeah, so I saw a uh, childish Gambino, aka Donald Glover. Yeah, I saw a live cover version of him, a real intimate performance of him doing a song called uh, "Lost in You," which was a song by my first question here, uh, which megastar had the alter ego known as Chris Gaines. Garth Brooks. <laughs> so for sure. So I'm gonna let you hear that childish Gambino song later. Yeah. But he covered a Chris Gaines song and it's it should be number one on the charts. <laughs> I've been telling people for years that that album was way better than they gave it credit for. If they would go past the black hair dye and the soul patch on Garth, I it was a good died. album. So anyway, question number two. What musician had the musical alter ego Ziggy Stardust? Um uh David Bowie. Sure, sure, yeah. that's it. Uh number three, which current musical megastar has the alter ego Sasha Fierce oh I know this uh Lady Gaga no it's another megastar no 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 hang on it's Beyonce Beyonce yeah yeah yeah. I I knew All right. so number four what comedian had a lounge singing alter ego named Tony Clifton He's my personal favorite. Eddie Murphy. No. Dang. Close. No idea. Andy Kaufman. Okay. You ever seen the movie Man on the Moon? I have. Well, Andy Kaufman was the guy in the lounge. Yeah, yeah. I can't do an Andy Kaufman impression, but I can do, uh, yeah, Tony Clifton. You want it? I mean, now I do. I want to go over here and get a Fritz Fry and a nice pour of steak. <laughs> Kaufman. What are you laughing at, Kaufman? <laughs> Pretty good. All right, and my last one. Which uh, female megastar has the alter ego Joe Calderon? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. That's right. That's right. All right. So uh, the other day. As I'm you, a closet fan. Dude, she's awesome. I watched a two-hour Madison Square Garden documentary on her one time. I had nothing to do with her music. Never really cared a single thing about it. I just wanted to see what she'd do next. And I wound up liking two songs out of it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Born, uh, not Born This Way. Uh, Edge of Glory. Yeah. I really liked that one. I'm I was like, on the it's kind of it's kind of slaps a little yeah. bit, and I forget what the other one was. The the I guess retroactively it made me like the song that she did with the uh, Bradley Cooper, Bradley the, Cooper, uh, Shadows or whatever. I would like to see her. Shallows. Speaking of like cover songs, I would like to see her do a cover song version of John Legend's "All of Me." You know what I mean? That would be. Interesting. I think that would be fun. I mean, like just see somebody else famous do. They need to. You know, I'm not a big award show night guy. But, like, you know, they always have, like, a theme kind of. Yeah. One night it would be really cool. You know, they, they've done the whole, like, let's mix genres and make these people perform together. One night it would be cool if, like, if they did a like, the Grammys just happened. If they did a night where you had to perform somebody else's song. Hmm. Anybody that was singing live had to perform somebody else's song that was there. I like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think about a, like, somebody, like a. Like a country or a bluegrass artist doing like 99 Problems by Jay-Z. That'd be fun. I got 99 Problems, but I can hear it in my head. Strike up the banjo. Yes. <laughs> For sure. I like that idea. Keep having girl problems off the back of your son. I got 99. I, I can hear it. You can. I can hear it right now in my you head. Can do it. I'm down with this. 
or have somebody uh yeah, I could be I could I could get on this. Yeah, this, be good. this for sure. All right. So I got another category for you. I, I got two more. Uh this one's gonna be called World Capitals. It's gonna be tough. I kinda dig it. Okay, cap- state capitals, I'll take you to church. International. But, but, but world yeah. sorry, Coach Sammy Pulliam, I I didn't. We'll, we'll just see how these go. We'll yeah. Um what what Beirut is the capital city of what country? This tough one. Give me the continent. Um, I would say Asia, like you know that area. I think you know the 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 Eurasian area. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Asian, you know. <laughs> um, Tehran. It would be Western Asia. Tehran, Lebanon, Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon. Lebanon. Ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out Western Asia. I guess would be almost in Europe. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, Western Asia. Yeah, yeah. Western Asia sometimes to me. Eurasia, you said it. Yeah. That was the the like Turkey. Yeah, yeah. The, it's in that area, international yeah. Dateline starts. In um, Dateline with Ted Koppel. Is that right? <laughs> Dan Rather was he? Dan, Dan Rather. Dan Rather. Dan Rather. <laughs> and I'm Ted Koppel. Uh, number two. What is the capital city of Vietnam? <laughs> you wouldn't ask me. Hang on. Dang it, Brian. I know this one. Tough one, dude. I, I, I'm telling you, I know it, and I'm gonna get it wrong. You are. I believe in you. Tell me one. Laos. It's a country. Hanoi. Hanoi. <laughs> you know what? You say Laos reminds Laos me of, is a country. It reminds me of that King of the Hill episode where uh, Hank meets Khan, his neighbor, <laughs> and he goes, uh, "So are you Chinese or are you Japanese?" And Khan goes. I'm from Laos, a landlocked country in Southeast Asia. And Hank looks at him and goes, so are you Chinese or <laughs> Japanese? <laughs> All right, so question number three. Ooh, this is going to be a tough one here. This what is, is the, the first? The capital brutal. city of Haiti. wish I had a limitless pill like in the Bradley Cooper movie right I've now. I've never seen that film. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's, it's good for like a one or, once or twice watch. Okay. I, like, I remember seeing like with the earthquake. I remember like we're in the capital city of. It's a port, port something. Port-au-Prince. There you go. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, question number four: What is the capital of India? New Delhi. Yep. Okay. And this is a tough one. This is this is a oh. tough one. Uh, Wellington is the capital of what southwestern Pacific island country? New South Wales. Close. I'm going to give you another guess. What do you think? Um, It's close to Australia. Yeah, I know. I, Auckland is New Zealand. That No. Is it New Zealand? Wellington is New Zealand. Why do I think of Auckland? Because it's the biggest city in New That's Zealand. That's right. Yeah. Just like I think of Sydney in Australia. Mm-hmm. But it's actually... I don't know. It might be Sydney. I think it is Sydney. It might, I don't know. Might if it's be Sydney. Canberra. Might be Saint. I think it something. is Canberra. Might be. We should call Paul Hogan. He'll know. Do you know any more? Do you have any more of those? I don't have any more of those, but I got another category. One last category, <laughs> and then we're going to wrap it up. I was hoping guys. to get like a layup, like Austria. Well, this was the last category at trivia last time, okay. so the scores were close. So I had to give a hard category. True that. Break up the tie. The winning team actually lost because they didn't know that the. 49ers had won more Super Bowls than the Green Bay Packers. That actually cost them the championship. Hmm. 
Yeah, out of sports category, but those have been way too. They didn't see the greatness that was Joe Montana for sure. (laughs) Who? (laughs) I said Joe (laughs) Montana. Of course. All right, so. Uh, not too long ago, McKinley and I went and watched the film 1917. Ooh, that was good, yep. too, man. Yep. So this category is called Questions About the Year 1917. Oh, God. <laughs> People at Trivia oh God. <laughs> groaned. All right, question number one. Did you preface it like that? Yeah. Me and my buddy McKinley. <laughs> I said, me and my buddy McKinley went to watch 1917 the other night. This category is about, and everybody got excited because they'd all kind of seen 1970. Yeah, oh, like, man, war trivia. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and and this category is about the year 1917, <laughs> a fine year. Hit me with it, All right, man. so question number one, uh, what alliteratively named man was president during 1917? That would be President Woodrow Wilson. Exactly. Uh, number two, what was the name of the Russian revolt that overthrew Tsar Nicholas II and the sitting monarchy making way for a communist society? It was a revolution. Talking about a revolution. I'm talking about a revolution. Number two, what was the name of the revolt? Um, Communist Manifesto. <laughs> no, that was a book. I know. <laughs> Bolshevik Revolution. And it, it, ah, man, I'm going to tell you something. This is kind of funny you say that before we go to the next question. The only reason I partially even have any idea what that is, <laughs> instead of saying a common cursing phrase mm-hmm. that when you were upset or agitated by something, you said, man, that was bull. Mm-hmm. There was a t- short time when people would say Bolshevik. No way. Yes. I'd never heard that. Yeah, it was when I was in high school. I don't know why. Y'all Tupelo kids were way cooler well, than it was, us. We just said it. Like, we, we see, I know. <laughs> But, but like, we knew if, one if, way. If you said it, and like, what'd you just say? He was like, I was talking about the Bolshevik Revolution. I mean, 1917s, our Nicholas II, they'd kill him. Relax. I mean, Rasputin I did my stuff. dissertation on this. For sure. <laughs> I'm a doctorate coming. You saw me playing croquet out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, Yakov Smirnov and Soviet Russia rode 4Q. I mean, it's all common knowledge. <laughs> Bolshevik Revolution. Uh, okay, number three. What 35th United States president was born on May 29th, 1917? Let's see. So that would have been. Oh, John F. Kennedy. John Fitzgerald Kennedy is correct. Good job. Just trying to play the numbers game. I like that. I like that. Uh, The only female prime minister of India to date was born in 1917. What was her first name? She's the only woman from India I knew. Everybody put her last name. Mother Teresa? Indira Gandhi. Wait, what? Prime Minister of India. The only prime minister, female prime minister of India was Indira Gandhi. Wait, Gandhi was female? There was a female Gandhi. Not the Gandhi. No, there was another Gandhi. That's why I made you give her first name. Because everybody in the room put Gandhi. Would you have said, if somebody wrote Gandhi, would no, you No, I told him. I prefaced it. it. Yeah, I said you have to have her first name. Because Indira Gandhi was, <laughs> uh, yeah. I did a report on her in the sixth grade. All right, and here you go. The last question. You're going to think about this one here because everybody, there's one of two answers you can put. And, every, and just about everybody. Is one of them wrong? One of them is, act, is exactly wrong, <laughs> believe it or not. I've been exactly wrong so many times <laughs> in my life. Uh, what famed front, let's say, okay, not what. Let me get rid of the what. I'm asking the question the wrong way. Number five, famed frontiersman and showman William Cody died on January 10th, 1917. What name did he famously go by? I know what I want to say, but now I think it's wrong. Say it. Wild Bill Cody. 
No, Wild Bill was Wild Bill Hickok. Right. So what would be the right one? That was the wrong one that I knew you were going to go. I told you. I was, so this guy. I was, I dollar had, Bill, Cody. No. I, I wouldn't have Is that the other wrong? No. Million Dollar Bill, Cody. No, it wasn't it either. Uh, I'm going to give you a clue. And this has nothing to do with this actual guy, but it, it's a clue about this guy's name. He puts the lotion on his skin or gets the hose again. <laughs> Buffalo Bill, Cody. Buffalo Bill, that's right. <laughs> That was a good one. If I'd have given that one, see, everybody there put Wild Bill Hickok, but his name is Bill Cody, William Cody. So it was, yeah. But anyway. That was a tough trivia. It was a tough one. And here's why. Because the time before, everybody was cheating. Mm. Let me rephrase that. Everybody was accusing everybody of cheating. Uh, everybody would turn in their score sheet would go, that team over is cheating. Folks, don't do that. That, that makes it really, really tr- tough on your local trivia host. Don't cheat. Yeah, and if you and because if you cheat somebody, there's there's three rules at trivia. Rule number one is don't cheat. Rule number two is don't yell answers out loud because it's not nearly as funny as you think it is. And rule number three is once you turn your score sheet in, you cannot get it back. And people always break the first rule. Yeah, <laughs> they get too drunk and break the second rule. So, anyway, well that about wraps up our week. A really yeah. good podcast, McKinley. Fun man. It was good to see good you catching up with you. It was good. To, it, yeah, and I'm glad we were able to kind of speak in a sports realm, but not necessarily about the that, actual sports sure. themselves. We'll get back to some sports next time, and Absolutely. we'll catch up next week uh, after the Super Bowl. But before we go, I'm give you some predictions for the big game. Oh, dude! I wanted to surprise you there at the end, Brian. Up. Okay, real quick. Favorite <laughs> favorite, favorite, favorite Super Bowl food. Oh man. You, like, are we talking specific? Like, like, yeah, like, like if you said I could have, you can have one quick thing, like one plate Super Bowl. What's on it? Wings. Okay, cool. No cool. doubt. I mean, I, I, I love, man, we're on the exact same page. I want wings, and I want good rotel, homemade rotel cheese yeah. dip and chips. That's it. With the meat in it or no meat? The meats. Meats only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meats or ground sausage or ground beef. Either one's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, your prediction on the game? No part of me has a lean. Either way, like, um, well, you are leaning out, by the way. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> no, no part of me has a justifiable reason to say Niners, no doubt, Chiefs, no doubt. On paper, I guess it looks like the Chiefs just right. because of their ability to score at any moment. But this is the one team they haven't played that can literally effectively run the ball at will. With several and, different guys. And they've got the best defense in football. So I mean, it's it, I mean, it, it's a, a true hot, offense, hot defense, quarterback. Super Bowl, and they've got a red hot quarterback, man. And you know, it's the one, I, I'm not going to make a score prediction, right. but I will tell you that this game I do believe will be played in the 60s and 70s. I wow. really do. Okay, and, and, and it's going to be an interesting dynamic to me. And I'm going to tell you this one: two straight weeks, the Chiefs. Well, they didn't play this last week, but the two prior weeks, the Chiefs had have had to come from behind to win. The first time they did it, it was like, holy crap, they just came back and beat yeah, the Texans. Scored like 55 straight or something. <laughs> yeah. When the tech, the Titans went up 17, it was almost like, well, y'all better keep scoring. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what happened is they just they, – the Titans kept scoring, but the Chiefs kept scoring more. And that's – so, like, I'm, I'm interested to see is if the Chiefs get behind early against the best defense in the league, this time can you come back? Right. Can they salt you away? Run it. So uh, I'm gonna say forty-three, thirty-eight. Chiefs. Okay, I like that. Like you said, up in the mid seventies. I, I really think so. Um, 
I really I I don't have a, a predicted winner. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you just covered the football analysis. I mean, I can't I don't want to repeat what you said cuz that's kind of my thoughts on it. You know, I feel like if you're the Niners, you got to keep scoring. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be able to take the air out of it. You know no. what I mean? Because if you give Pat Mahomes four plays, he'd probably end up in the end zone. Yeah. Um, but I used to be a Niner fan growing up. Uh, Joe Montana, as you were talking about, you know, the great uh, linebacker from southeastern Louisiana University. Yeah. <laughs> the water Best boy. quarterback I've seen since Joe Montana. <laughs> No, but uh, you know, I really think Joe Montana was the best big game quarterback of all time. And if he'd have played in this day and age, he played in the West Coast offense. True that, which was getting to what we're at now. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I think had he played in this day and age, uh, his numbers would have been astronomical. His oh. his quarterback rating, completion rate was already good. Yeah. Um. So I was a big Niner guy. Jerry Rice was a Mississippian. Um. But I, I kind of fell away from that fandom during the like T.O. years. Didn't really care for him that much. Yeah. Peyton was a player. I was a big sure. I was a big Colt guy. Um. I said all that to say this. I have friends who are big Niner fans. It's going to upset them. But I am rooting for Andy Reid with the, Me the too. fury of a thousand sons. I feel like he's one of those beloved guys that everybody likes. He's, he's got so close so many he's times. He's a coach's coach. And I want him to win it because he had to go through so much with T.O. and Donovan McNabb and the Circus Philly of Philly. Fans. The Circus of Philly. I feel like he is appreciated in Kansas City. The Midwest, were they just happy to be here? Yeah. And now they're there. They realize we can win it. I want them to win it. And, and I th- got the best player in football. And I think this also sets up a good rivalry going forward. Agree. I think because Jimmy G is the hot dude on the West Coast. Pat Mahomes we is the great quarterback. We talked about this yeah. a while back about passing the torch. Mm-hmm. You know, Brady's getting at the end of his rope. Aaron Rodgers is getting – you're seeing the mm-hmm. new usher and the yeah. two guys you, you that were are spot on that with charge. That. Yeah. Mahomes Jimmy, and Jimmy G, G, Mahomes, Lamar. I mean, Lamar, I, I think I think, you're, I think you're fixing to – I think we're fixing to be in the next golden age of quarterbacks. Like yeah. we've been fortunate, we had the Montana Marino years that led into yeah. the Peyton years. Like Steve Young, and then the Peyton and Elway. There's and, never yes. really, there's never really been a lull. No, and we're lucky because we're not going to have one now. You know what I mean? No, and, uh, and it's kind of unthought of because we thought you and I, if we look back at it, if you'd have told me, ask me ten years ago, who are going to be the best quarterbacks in the NFL? It'd have been man, Tim Tebow for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, I've been naming Absolutely. people that. Yeah. Johnny Manziel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, Cliff Kingsbury's still there. Yeah, right? I'm no just, doubt. I'm just, you know, Slinging it around. Yeah, but, yeah, but for real, I mean, it's just cool to see what's going on. And I like Mahomes because I feel like he's uh, he's like Pistol Pete out there. Yeah. He can do a little bit of everything. And I feel like Jimmy G is uh, – I feel like he's a star in the making. So it's going to be a good game. And yep. uh, um, just rooting for a good game, rooting for good commercials. Me too. And I'll say this. Um, I'm looking forward to the beer commercials. Oh, they're I feel like those good. are the best I'm ones. I'm going to tell you, Brian. And Pepsi's good. And I don't remember – I think we actually talked about this last year's podcast we right did. after the Super Bowl about yeah. the commercials. But to this day, my favorite one is that Clydesdale with the puppy man. And he it's goes, it's just so yeah. Like you love the hilarious ones. And then there was another one that I mentioned too. It was the uh, the Eminem Detroit GM commercial where they played Lose Yourself. And I'm like, man, I'm just, yeah. I want to be in this commercial. How's it going? How's it going? But no, I'm, I'm excited. Where are you watching the game? I don't really know yet. I'm Me going, I'm going to Nashville this weekend. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm going to see Frasco in concert. That's right. He, they start the new world uh, world tour. The new uh, <laughs> new world order. <laughs> yeah. He man, I'm telling you, if he started a new world order, I'd be in front lines hanging out with that guy. He's got a, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, but no, they're starting their new uh, tour. Starts actually uh, tomorrow in uh, Athens, Georgia. Then they go to Nashville. I'm going to go up there and catch him in Nashville. Then I'm going to follow the uh, follow the tour bus to Birmingham. And then I'm gonna come back in the town on Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday, cool. yeah. So I'm gonna go up there and hang out with them and uh, just catch up. You know, sure. whenever they get in the region, I try to go, and um, it'd be cool to catch back to back. So well, and I, I want to propose this, um, assuming 
our game Saturday at Clinton, second-round playoffs. If we win, I think Coach Fawcett's going to want to get the boys together to watch the Super Bowl. Okay. We do. If he does not, and you don't have anything to do, I don't have anything to do. I don't see why we don't do a 30-pack from Wingstop and – Watch down, it right here. Right here. I'm down with that. Okay. Yeah, we got me and you and the pups. I put my people in touch with your people. Yeah. Put your yeah, for sure. We'll make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's uh it's always a treat. Now I, I and I do want to say something as we wrap up. Uh McKinley and I we we get lost in conversation sometimes. Which is a good which thing. Which is a good thing. We plan on doing a forty minute podcast and we're ninety minutes in and which it's, is it's, always the case. Yeah, but uh if you if you like uh, what you listen to, and most of you do that still listen, subscribe to us uh, yeah. on Spotify. Hit the subscribe updates. button, you get updates, and uh, that just kind of lets me know uh, how many people uh, we got listening on an average. So that uh, all these people that are offering us uh, billions of dollars for sponsorship, I can help them quantify we their, really their, their dollars. Yeah, them yeah for too. sure, for sure. But we do have to give one shout out to our unofficial sponsor. Speaking of which, strange, well crafted tweet by Brian. Got us personal, and this is a big. It's, it's, it's so cheesy because it's modern age. But we it's love like, it. It's like shaking hands with a governor. We got Twitter follows from our favorite coffee house, Strange Brew, here in Tupelo, and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, so I went by tonight and I talked to her about it. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to when when y'all go to Strange Brew, I want you to tell those folks that you like what they do, you appreciate them doing what they do in Tupelo and Starville. And that you heard about them on the podcast. Yes. Do that yes. for me. I mean, they don't pay us any money, but we pay them a lot of our money to get their coffee, and we're going to continue to do it. But just let them know that people are talking about them because that makes business owners feel good. It really and does. And they're, they're a true mom-and-pop shop. Oh, here man, in they are. McKinley got me this fantastic drink tonight, and uh, you got me a— uh, Maroon and white. Maroon, sugar-free maroon and white because he knows I've been watching my figure. And, Same, uh, and yeah, you look great. Probably at the most. Thanks, man. You're always handsome devil. You know that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe 20 calories at most at most in there. So uh, for those of you watching your diabetes. Wilford, There's something for everybody at Strength yeah. Brew. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm on my diet. It's cool watching my figure. But I just about slap somebody to get one of them Keaton cakes. Dude, they need to quit posting those. I know. My blood sugar goes Because I can't have one room. either. I sent one to my roommate the other day, and he was like, dude, come on. Like, We're both trying here. <laughs> just, just stop. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. But yeah, but thanks to them for all they do, and uh, for sure, we'll, uh, we look forward to enjoying their products all the time like we do. So. For the foreseeable future and beyond. For sure. Well, all right, McKinley, uh, wrap us up here and get us get us on the road. Well, folks, we sure do appreciate you listening as always. Um, and another really, really quick shout-out. Uh, check out our buddy Adam Gore's new podcast. More with Gore, More yeah. With it's Gore fun. Podcast. It's uh He does a fun one with He's the... jumped in the, the podcast realm, so we want to get his name out there because he's a good dude and he's got good stuff to say. I like what he has to, to say. Uh, the, they have a funny one this week with a ode to K-Bane. Yeah. You know, Willis, I listen to it. It's good it's, stuff. That's the second ode to K-Bane in the calendar year. I tried to get a date with K-Bane <laughs> earlier in 2019. <laughs> uh and shout she, out to her for officially she's retired. retiring from, from, from WTBA. Great sure. career. But, no, folks, we, we appreciate you listening as always. And uh, you can catch us. We'll post all this. If you don't have us uh, getting notifications on updates on Spotify, on Twitter at The Happening Pod, and on Instagram at Happening Pod. And uh, 
we really appreciate you listening as usual. And we, we'll try to get some more out to you quickly. I know it's been a long layoff, but we'll get back into some yeah. more local. For sure. Soon. We'll, uh, after, uh, after I'm, I, I am fully invested in the Tupelo boys soccer program right now. <laughs> so as he's we, got a t-shirt for sure. So when McKinley <laughs> and them and their season, uh, allows us between games and playoff games, we'll get together and talk about it for sure. Absolutely. Hope we have a podcast on February 9th, but folks, thank you for listening again. We will catch you next time on the happening podcast.